Welcome, Mistorians. Host Austin Heave-She and host Brenda She-Her have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. I was holding my phone with her clap, and I threw my phone. I was off. like, "Did you, did you clap?" <laughs> yes. Do we need to clap again? No, I clapped. Okay. I can see it. Oh, you I clapped. clapped. Okay. I clapped. Don't worry. Okay, I, I for the record, everybody, I clapped. I don't know if this will be okay, in the show, but be- I clapped. I'll believe you. <laughs> my friend is like, if I get this, if I get this fucking audio, Austin, there's not a gut dang clap. Got it's like if it's off, it's off. I just I wash my hands of this. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to episode sixty six. Uh, I don't know this voice is I'm doing. I'm gonna get really close, uncomfortably close to the microphone. Welcome to episode sixty six of Secret Histories of Nerd Mystery. <laughs> I definitely titled mine sixty six and not sixty five. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> this week we're like. Fresh, 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 fresh off of an Animal Crossing, um, what do they call these? Direct. Directs. <laughs> yes, um, we, an Animal Crossing Direct happened the morning of this recording. You probably saw it if you care, but just in case you didn't, or you don't care, here's, <laughs> hey, if you don't care, here's news anyway, sorry. <laughs> uh, this is the last, so Animal Crossing Direct was huge. I'm not going to go over all of it. It was 30 minutes. Um, you can go watch it if you didn't see it, or by now you've probably read an article about it. Um, but in case you've missed all of it somehow, it is the last free update. The last major content free update is how they worded it. So mm-hmm. that's not to say they're not going to fix bugs or like do, uh, like if they think of a new holiday event, but there won't be another major content update. This one does add quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Some some highlight stuff, like, there's going to be n- narrow space walking. So, like, in your house, like, if you have a coffee table and a sofa, you can now walk in between them. You don't have to move it into the middle of the room to walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, some stuff like that, some new furniture, um, a few other cool quality of life updates and expanding the game. They're also using the first paid DLC, which is going to be uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons Happy Home Renovator. Happy Home Designer is, like, coming to... Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, it'll be a whole new region. You'll get to do all the happy home stuff, and you can do the happy home stuff to your home on your island. Um, wow. So it's essentially like a whole extra game. Uh, the paid DLC is 25 bucks. The other part, like I said, is free. Uh, we also found out today, this morning that the Animal Crossing New Horizons paid DLC will be part of the Nintendo Online Expansion Pass, which we also found out the price for this morning, which is $50 a year. Or 80 if you do a shared account. A shared account can hold up to eight people, which, if you do math, is $10 a person a year. <laughs> Holy shit. That's, like, a pretty good deal. Yes. Um, like, if you take into consideration that PlayStation is, like, $60 a year. Yep. And then, Austin, how much is uh, Xbox a year? Game Pass? Uh, yes. If you do Game Pass Ultimate, which gives you, like, the games and 
Xbox Live, so you don't pay for them separately. It's 15 a month. You can't do yearly, but a mm. year, that is $180. Which, you get a lot of games with that, but you also yeah. get a lot of games with this new Nintendo, $50 Nintendo thing, because you also have access to a good chunk of the N64 and the Sega Genesis library. Yep. And they, with plans to expand them, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's a great deal. If nothing else, the irony of me paying for it to play Sonic as a virtual Genesis console on my Switch is... I I just I just fucking know when Nintendo came to them that Sega was like biting on like a wooden stick while typing. Of course, we would love to partner with you. <laughs> we love this. We definitely didn't lose. Um, and like I'm someone who does like to like put my old tech like on a TV. But let me assure you, as the years go by, this shit gets like more and more janky. Like Mm -hmm. I have an N64 controller. This is my childhood N64 controller. And I just want Mm -hmm. you to listen. I'm going to hold this up. This is going to be some ASMR. I just want people to listen to me shake this thing. (laughs) Do you hear the, do you hear it rattling? Do you hear the joystick on this thing? This is broken. It's broke. Oh, it's fixed. (laughs) Everyone, I fixed it <laughs> by fucking around with it. I fixed Never it. Never mind, Nintendo. Keep I'm keeping my fifty dollars. It's like it just gets like more. It's hard to get it like working on a modern TV. They yeah. don't look good on modern TVs. No, oh They're- god. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, because I saw some people that are like, oh, I can just play emulator. Oh, I'm gonna just I've, fuck it. This is stupid. I they're gonna release stuff so slow. Hey, listen, that's fine. I don't think you need to harp on employees just doing their job or really harp on a company doing something that doesn't affect you. Just don't buy it. I'm not here to vouch for a mega corporation. You know, like Nintendo doesn't mean to defend them because they're going to make money. They particularly don't give a flying shit what anyone thinks. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's what gets me is like people that are so negative and then like, all they want is everyone else to be negative. You can't come in and be yeah. like, I think it looks good. Because then you get yelled at for like, well, no one asked you. This is my thread where I want to bitch about it. And everyone else is going to complain about it with me. And so it's like, I like I try not to, like, I'm, I'm not going to come like poo-poo on you. But it feels weird to like yuck other people's yum, you know, because it's around the same discourse. Like people were complaining about Metroid Judd being $60. Yeah. Um... I cannot stress this enough. I want games that take longer to make with worse graphics that pay employees more. And I'm not joking. Mm -hmm. Like, I think they deserve that. I don't understand why you think, like, since Nintendo isn't making something they've never made, which is, like, giant 3D motion cap Metroid game, you think it's worth less money when it's still, like, a complex... Like, I haven't played it, but I'm like... It's still a video game. It's still, like, clocks in around, I think it's, like, someone told me it's, like, 10 to 15 hours. Like, it's still clocks. I'm, like, that is, like, most single-player games, if you play them, like, straight through, like, no funny business, that is what you get. Yeah, truly. Um, Like, these games that are, like, 80, 90 hours, either it's you doing side stuff or it's, like, not a solo campaign experience. It's, like, mm-hmm. multiple campaigns being released. Yeah, and it's, like, you forget that, like, Metroid is, like, a top string character even though it's been what 10 years 20 years yeah. since the new game yeah. it's been a, it's a been long- a long time yeah. i i we um 
you know, our friend Jeremy is like a huge Metroid fan. Jeremy is losing uh, his shit. <laughs> lost his whole whole mind. And I, you know, I don't play the games, but I was happy yeah. that they got that. I don't understand why. Like, you don't want Nintendo Online expansion. You don't have to get it. I think I personally think it's a great deal. You get all the old online stuff. You mm-hmm. get in sixty four consoles. Sega console stuff Wild. that has a pretty good library already and it will keep expanding. And if nothing else, you are paying, you get the paid Animal Crossing DLC, which to me harkens to like, maybe they'll put other paid DLC because Nintendo doesn't do paid DLC often. Mm-hmm. You know, they did it with Smash with the fighters. They did it with um, Pokemon. They dabbled Pokemon, in it a little bit. Hyrule Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, Like they dabble in it, but it's usually like, an extra character um and so now they're dabbling in it more and more and i'm like they're exploring a new model because nintendo's never done this stuff like everyone else has been doing this stuff they don't do this stuff and i kind of like the way that they're doing it because like they released like the original happy home designer as like a physical game but Mm -hmm. i feel like when that came out as a physical game a lot of people bought it and were kind of disappointed because on its own it didn't like it wasn't that great of an experience. Yeah. But as a DLC that like right. corresponds to like your existing Animal Crossing game, I think it's a lot stronger. And then you don't have to walk into five below and see five million copies of <laughs> Happy Home Designer for five dollars. Exactly. I think it's a great idea and I think if it's something they explore with these like they're like cozy game titles, which Nintendo is known for, like it can I think it'll be great. I think also it's in line with like like we said, PlayStation Plus and Xbox Game mm-hmm. Pass. Um, people complaining about, like, I'll just play an emulator. I'll just play my old system. Like, great. Some people don't have a computer that can play emulators because a lot of us just use our phone for everything now. I just, um, yeah, it's like I have a Mac and it's my work computer and I don't <laughs> want to fuck around downloading shady emulators on my work right. computer. <laughs> like, this thing right. was really like, expensive. <laughs> I don't need to download 18 different folders and open Mm -hmm. them in the right way to play an illegal copy of Ocarina of Time. Yeah, it's like I was asking because um, I have a relative that I want to get into Pokemon and I want to Mm -hmm. get them a little like an old Game Boy. They're like five, Mm -hmm. but they're so cool. Um, And I want to get them a Game Boy. And someone when I was just like, hey, does anyone have a Game Boy, like a working Game Boy they could sell me? And uh, someone was like, oh, just emulate it. And I'm like, I'm not, you can't, (laughs) how do you get a five-year-old an emulate? Like, come on, I want, I want them to have the experience of, like, getting to have a Game Boy and taking it around. And, you know, like, it's, they're not that expensive. So it's like super low stakes, you know? Right. (laughs) And I think that's what it is, is a lot of adult fans and like a lot of us have grown up with nintendo now that have mm-hmm. like purchasing power quote unquote yeah and i think they just see it as like i'll just play an emulator what and it's like well maybe it's not for you yeah maybe maybe pokemon has the xp sharing because like kids play this fucking game i'm maybe, not good at it so <laughs> maybe <I need> it. <laughs> maybe it's not catered to you and i think that's the problem is like xbox and playstation are like catered towards like 18 and up gamers yeah. period they in no way rhyme or reason care about if like kids play like teenagers maybe they'll think about it kids fuck them like they do not give they do not pretend to even think about like kids playing their systems at all ever period yeah it's like you forget that like you were a kid playing games and now it's like oh kids this should be catered specifically for me and it's like no no it's it's, like no eighty dollars for a family plan that can hold eight that's Two, if nothing else, two families of four split mm-hmm. it. Like two, like four adults are like, 
let's get the family plan and we'll split it with her neighbors next door and their kids. And now they can all play, like, we can show all of our kids Sonic. (laughs) Like, we can play the old Sonic and, like, show our kids this game we played. And maybe they'll like it, maybe they'll hate it, but it's like, between four adults, we, for 80 bucks, like, that's not, I can't, eight people can be on this thing. And unlike the, for PS Plus, you can share it. It's one login, so you yep. get booted. Every time you like someone else logs in, you get booted. So it's like it doesn't that doesn't Eight work. Eight people can be on the same plan for eighty dollars. You're telling me you don't have seven friends to, to give you ten dollars. It's like I'm sorry you don't have seven friends. Like I'm sorry you don't have seven friends. But to be able to play like a version of Sonic that's like optimized for like modern TVs, it's it's gold. It's gold. It's and golden. Emulation has its place with like yeah. the preservation of digital media yeah. but people have to understand that it's not accessible to everyone and it's especially yeah. not accessible to children and yeah. dumbasses like me so <laughs> <laughs> and someone else was is my, someone else is on like oh nintendo's been trying to stop emulation preservation projects forever yeah because you get on twitter and you're like i'm not gonna pay you money fuck you nintendo i'm gonna go download this emulator illegally don't do that's you're not preserving shit <laughs> you just said and then like yeah nintendo also does a pretty good job of like preserving most of their games and like re-releasing them for new audiences yeah. and as long as they do that you don't have to worry about losing any mario brothers really yeah. like emulation preservation is for games like scott pilgrim which became unavailable on all platforms for like yep. what 10 years yeah like, it was just you couldn't get you it. you couldn't get it at all that's what it, like and it's for like games that like nobody really cared about that had like small distributors that like exactly without help would be lost we're not trying to preserve pokemon snap there's always going to be a copy they, of pokemon they have snap. i promise i promise nintendo has a room full of all the files for every pokemon game they've ever mm-hmm. made I, I promise you though they like have a person whose job is to, like go through and make sure those files have not become corrupted i, I promise yeah. you I promise you. Like, if you can, like, walk into, like, a used game store and find a copy of a game, like, it doesn't need to be preserved. Like, the only yes. Pokemon game that really needed, needs to be preserved, and people are kind of working on getting all the files that they can for it, is this, like, very, very obscure Pokemon MMO that was released on the Pokemon website in the late 90s. Like, oh, yeah. that's what emulation is for. Like, you know, Club Penguin doesn't exist. That's mm-hmm. what emulation is for, you know. Emulation is not for Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, which has been re-released, I think, Five four times, times now. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't need your emulator. You just want to download a game illegally for free. Um, yeah. Just, just frankly, just own your shit. Just say, I don't want to pay you money. I'm going to try and steal it. And if you get caught, don't act brand new about it. You and got like, caught. If you're going to do that, fine. That's you. But I don't have to do that. I can just stick yeah. with my my super old tech, like. I'm going to shake it again. Something's <laughs> rattling in there. It's broken. Um, we have other news, I promise. Yes. Ayatsi, um, well, probably by the time that you listen to this, this? Ayatsi will either <laughs> yeah. be on strike or will um, they will have come to an agreement. But if an agreement yeah. is not reached by Monday, which will be two days prior to when you're listening to this, Ayatsi will be on strike for the first time. Um, my my money is only going to be on strike. Oh, 100%. My dad sold his plants. He's packed up. He's like, I'm coming home. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't know. The film companies think, I don't know, they they think, like, it won't happen. But, and I was talking to someone else, like, I don't think it'll happen. And I was like, I don't know if you remember the writer's strike, but that destroyed TV. For a long time. (laughs) And it's like. They're like, we won't pay you. And I'm like, fine, good luck. And Heroes. Died because of the writer's <laughs> strike. 
True Blood died because of the writer's strike. Season three uh, of Supernatural was... Season three? Something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they were like, we don't need you. And they're like, bet. And multiple shows in their... Like, Heroes and True Blood were, like, in their peak. Oh, yeah. And the season the writer's strike happened was like, oh... And everyone left. Yeah, people <laughs> loved Heroes. It was such a big deal. And now nobody talks about it. No, the, not a not a damn person. The writer's strike destroyed it. So, yeah, like... So, good, good fucking... Good fucking luck. <laughs> yeah. It's like, they're going on strike. Like, 98% of people showed up to vote and voted favorably of going on strike. So, if, yeah. like... Unless Disney, like, gets really freaked out and decides to put a lot of pressure... To, like, not get right. Black Panther 2 delayed, which is... <laughs> that yeah, could I happen. don't know. Um, it could, that's the only thing. Is the mouse... You can't mess with the mouse's cheddar. The only thing that's going to stop this is going to be the mouse deciding that something has to be done. Right. But, like... Which is wild, that, yeah, right? Because they just own they own so many of these fucking companies that are mm-hmm. part of this that they could just be like, oh, okay. And that's the, like, problem... And solution because it's like well you really only have to talk to like one person mm-hmm. but also you have to convince one person yeah you know and like a big uh a big face in all of this is like uh netflix too for like under oh yeah underpaying people netflix is just like hey everyone there's gonna be a netflix walkout on the 20th so maybe don't watch netflix right. on the 20th there's a lot yeah. of stuff i'm not gonna get into it in here you probably already know what's going on netflix is just like in hot 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 hot, hot water they're also- very hot water if you're listening <laughs> yeah. to this it's the 20th don't <laughs> turn off netflix is listen to 20th? this podcast and uh, yeah oh, yeah so don't watch netflix um watch let's just not watch streaming on the 20th let's watch um like your old vhs copy of mighty Morphin power rangers the one with tommy um <laughs> I know you still have it, right? Everyone still has that, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Mine's right yeah. over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Netflix, though, uh, it was really, really weird week of Netflix stuff because, like, before all of this Netflix hot water happened, Netflix announced that they were getting the rights to the Cowboy Bebop's anime. Oh, the yeah. Cowboy Bebop's. The Bebop's <laughs> is coming to Netflix. So currently, Cowboy Bebop, all of its episodes are on um, Hulu. But Hulu's yeah, they were losing... on, they were on, on yeah. Hulu. But it, which makes sense, right? Because Netflix is making a live action show, so it makes yeah. sense they make they struck a deal to have the anime. Um, and it so funny enough, I think it posts to Netflix on the twenty first. Really. Yeah, hmm. I I think I think Netflix is like, mm, mm, let's push hmm. it. Let's not let's let not, let's not have this big deal go live on <laughs> the walkout day. Well, because it it all came out like a few days before the walkout was announced, and I'm like, well, they had to know, right? Yeah, like, like that kind of stuff gets organized before they tell the public. Exactly. So, Cowboy Boy will be on Netflix after the walkout but definitely like pay attention to like how the walkout goes and whether or not you want to keep your netflix subscription which sucks because netflix does have like a lot of great programming you know i know people who work directly with netflix like in Mm -hmm. multiple different departments Mm -hmm. and so it's like it's rough but like these people deserve to like be paid ties back to diazzi these people deserve to be paid um, exactly. Back to the IATSE thing really quick. Other, like, a lot of other companies are also going on strike right now as well. Um, John Deere announced that they were going on strike, I think, mm-hmm. last night. I don't know. Yeah, that was. Yeah. I found this out uh, when I was awake at 5 in the morning. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, 
Kellogg's on strike too, which is like a big deal if you are one of our listeners in Michigan, which I know a lot of you are, um, especially in the Battle Creek area, because there's a there's a factory that's, over there. That's where Kellogg born. That's where it born. It's fucked up. So, <laughs> um, and a couple other companies are going on strike as well. So, reminder: don't be a scab. Uh huh. Yeah. If you go yeah. to an establishment and there's a giant inflatable rat, that means that they are using scab labor. <laughs> so don't. This is true. This is a hundred percent true. What? Yeah. If a place is using scab labor, the union will bring a giant inflatable rat to the location and blow it up, so you know that they are using scab labor. So that's fun. hilarious. Fun fact. <laughs> I didn't know that at Don't all. Don't cross the picket line. Support everyone. Um, I know other... Oh, Paiso is also unionized. Oh, yes. They're not going on yes. strike, but Paiso... They're not really, on strike yet. Yeah. They've not called for a strike. What does Paiso work on, Austin? Uh, Paiso is the company that creates Pathfinder and Starfinder. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are seen as like the main competitor to Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, I was like the other big like fantasy tabletop. It's the other one like... If you're like, I do, like, if I'm like, you know, I write for TTRPGs and people are like, what does that mean? I'm like, like, D&D. And if they don't know that, like, they might know Pathfinder. It's unlikely. But, like, usually Pathfinder, D&D are, mm-hmm. like, the ones that people know. They have the most books if you go into a game. If you go, especially if you go into, like, a not dedicated game store, but, like, a game section of, like, a comic shop. Like, you see Dungeons Dragons, Dungeons Dragons, Dungeons Dragons, Pathfinder, Pathfinder, Pathfinder. Yep. Um, so it's a pretty big deal. They... Have created this union um so far i do not believe there's been any pushback yet officially from paizo about it uh mm-hmm. they have in solidarity they had a lot of uh higher ups in paizo so that's good yeah. um but we'll see how it's received when like boards get a hold of it as it moves forward when they start doing collective bargaining because they haven't done any they've like essentially come forward and told us the public like hey we're like 40 people at Paizo. We've created this union. Here's our statement. Here's everyone that at Paizo that, su- that supported us in solidarity. We're letting you know we exist. We'll mm-hmm. let you know how it goes as we do things like bargaining for wages and benefits, etc. Um, it would be a very huge deal for a few reasons. One, if there's... So, you got Pathfinder mm-hmm. D&D. Yes. They're kind of like the big kids. They're kind of like the ones that like people who work in games like... If you want to, like, have a career doing it, and you're a writer, it's a pretty good place to be if you can get, like, on the pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if there's one place that is mostly hiring freelancers, D&D, <laughs> um, <laughs> and kind of refuses to make you an employee, and another place that's, like, you, you're in a union, uh, it becomes pretty clear who to shoot for. Yeah. Um, it also can create a situation where, like, other companies start to follow suit. Uh, where either they try and create a union or it could build into a kind of like a Yahtzee, uh, where it's like a union for like anyone in this field. Mm-hmm. Um, you join, I mean, join, pay union dues, et cetera. But then you have like, you're part of something like where you can, we're going to go on strike and just like, you can't make movies now. Good luck. Yeah. Um, and like already like Pathfinder is like trying to like kind of do some things that Dungeons and Dragons is not. So I know yeah. that Pathfinder, not only are they releasing like a new version, like, any day now or already has mm-hmm. i'm only yes. a little bit in, there is in a knowledge. there's there's a second edition of okay of second edition yeah second edition of pathfinder is about to come out but i do know that they also are incorporating like 
prosthetics and like braces mm-hmm. and like other like uh, mobility aids for like character creation, which is something that Dungeons and Dragons has kind of like outwardly refused to do. Um, yeah. So Paizo's our, been better yeah. about um, lots of things. Like I know they took the word race out of their uh, terminology. I can't remember if they use ancestry or hair. They use like a different term for like who like a player character like where do you come from are you like a elf are you a gnome like that kind mm-hmm. of thing um so use different terms for that i know that uh they're very receptive to just like diversifying their writing staff and diversifying their staff in general mm-hmm. um this does all come in the back of like paizo was there was some uh hot water of like mistreatment of staff yeah now to my understanding it was not like anyone who works directly with game people it was like when you get into board, like, president and, like, mm. operator of finances, like, those people, it wasn't, like, head of creative or underneath them, the people who, like, hire writers and hire freelancers. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, and it was specifically for people who were staff, because Paizo, also in, like, D&D, has, like, a sizable staff, like, of people who, like, they're an employee instead of, like, a lot of freelancers. Yeah. Um... I don't know how that shook out. From what I understood, it was someone who was on their way out of the company. It was hard to follow. And the person who posted most of it on their Twitter, uh, they had locked on their Twitter, which understandably, I'm sure they were being harassed. Yeah. Uh, and I did not look into it for this news about the union, but I'm sure the two are not unrelated. Mm-hmm. Uh, long, long story short, union, good. <laughs> union, good. Uh Paizo's also in a good place for it because Paizo doesn't have, like, a big dad company. Like, it's them. Yeah. Uh, D&D staff would be hard-pressed because they have Hasbro over them, and we all know how g- giant real companies react to unions forming. <laughs> badly. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is very badly, uh, which is all the more reason for them to exist. Yep. Um, unions used to have, like, a lot, a lot, a lot of power in... Mm the united states but getting there was like and i feel like we know more about this just because we live in michigan and like a lot of like the first unions were like automotive unions Mm -hmm. um so like in flint we had the uh the sit down the big sit down strike which i feel like i don't know if they teach this all over michigan but we definitely learned about it and went to the location of the sit down strike but there were also some in detroit as well um Mm -hmm. And, like, over the years, just, like, the, the powers that these unions have had has mm-hmm. been chipped away to the point where a lot of people kind of see them as, like, oh, I have to pay my union dues. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of restoring power to the unions and also calling some of them, some of the older ones mm-hmm. out on some of their discrimination uh, mm-hmm. and, like, kind of predatory practices, which is also good. This hap- this is mostly, like, a automotive union type thing, but mm-hmm. holding people accountable and just making sure that they're working for you and then also making sure that, like, you support them and... Right. Stuff like that. Unions are good. But don't right. be afraid to call them out on their bullshit if it happens. Everyone can be shitty. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, just <laughs> that's not a, that's a very terrible segue. But I do have a topic this week. This is the topic I was researching uh, last month before nice. before the the big the big break we had. <laughs> before the big I was break. Ba- bang great great and this is actually a topic that one of our um good good friend of the show and guest at one point and also listener paloma asked if we were ever going to do uh, i'm doing hanna barbera 
dun dun dun. I don't know why I did that. Like it's evil. <laughs> so Hanna Barbera, we've kind of talked a little bit like about them, like you know, a little little bitty aside. So like we talked about Scooby Doo in one episode, which is one of Hanna Barbera's shows. But Hanna Barbera has so many shows that even I, mm-hmm. a fucking nerd, didn't hadn't heard about. Like wow. Oh, I was I had to keep reeling myself back from the rabbit hole. Just absolutely wild. But anyway, for those of you who don't know, Hanna-Barbera was an animation studio founded in 1959 by William Hanna and Joseph Barbera. Hanna-Barbera was a pioneer of early television animation and was responsible for creating shows such as Scooby-Doo, The Flintstones, Yogi Bear, and like I said, like thousands of others. (laughs) There's so many. I mean, not thousands, but at least hundreds, which is wild. So, to set the scene, Hanna-Barbera... Um, William Hanna and Joseph Barbera began working for MGM's animation division in 1939. Um, they were integral to the creation of the Tom and Jerry series, which was like about a cat and a mouse. And they uh, chased each other. And these are run as theatrical shorts, like before theatrical films, similar to like how the Looney Tunes were originally theatrical shorts. Um, to the 40s and 50s, Hanna Barbera just continued to ro- rise up in the ranks from MGM while also producing numerous animation, animated commercial segments on the side and kind of, like, honing their craft and, like, learning new animation techniques and learning mm-hmm. how to make animation more efficient. Mm-hmm. Because up to this point, animation is theatrical. It has a large budget. It's, like, lots and lots and lots of details. It's, like, Disney quality. So if you watch, like, really early Disney films, like, the attention to detail is, like, astounding. Mm-hmm. Um, all animation was like this at this point. In 1956, MGM eliminated their entire theatrical animation division uh, because at that point they had so many shorts that had been created since the late 30s that they really didn't need to keep making more. They could just Mm. re-air older ones and save just, yeah, just save tons of money by like not making any more. At this point, animation was like at a crossroads because like the price of theatrical animation was rising. Um, and television was also becoming available in more and more households and becoming more and more popular. The mm. first animation, like animated cartoons to air on television were recycled theatrical shorts from the 30s and the 40s. Mm. Um, but during this time, Hanna-Barbera was working on a way to bring original animation to the small screen be- before they were let go from MGM. Mm. So they have no jobs. In 1957, they, find, they found H&B Enterprises Incorporated, and they got to work developing a way to create limited animation that still had somewhat of the feeling of theatrical shorts. So, mm-hmm. like, previously in the 1950s, there was a series called Crusader Rabbit, not from Hanna-Barbera. It was just Crusader oh. Rabbit's known <laughs> as... Um, Known as, like, the first original animated show to be produced for television. And if you watch, like, clips of Crusader Rabbit, it's kind of, like, barely animated. <laughs> like, see. it's, yeah. Crusader. Yeah, let's just. Do y'all you, you you like my clickety clacks? I got yeah. them just for this podcast. I got them just for this podcast. <laughs> I love it. It's beautiful. I'm going to look at this. Crusader Rabbit episode. I'm going to look. I'm going to bring oh, this up. Oh, wow. This audio is terrible. <laughs> ah! <laughs> That was so bad. <laughs> These haven't been preserved well. <laughs> like, there's not a Crusader Rabbit. Um, so Where's like my the Crusader o- Rabbit emulator? Where's there? Come on, preservation team. <laughs> I don't want to pay $50. I just want to buy it. I just want it for free. Where's my Where's my preservation team doing work absolutely for free, making grade A products? 
I will never <laughs> give this up. You, you <laughs> cannot expect quality from someone doing shit for free in their fucking basement, yo. No. So if you watch yeah, Crusader this Rabbit, is, we're looking huh. at it right now. Barely it feels animated. like a camera panning over an image. That's not- really what it is. It's like, I think now we would kind of make this like, it's akin to an animatic. So it's akin to like just the storyboards. But also yeah. nowadays, storyboards are more animated than this. Mm-hmm. Just story- just straight up storyboards have more animation than Crusader Rabbit. Literally, they're just taking like a cell and like moving it up and down. Like mm-hmm. not even taking pictures of it. They're just moving it. It's very funny looking at the comments like, I used to watch this on Saturday morning while eating a bowl of tricks, and I'm like, I don't know if tricks was out when this was at the. I don't know if that's true. This was the fifties. When did tricks come out? <laughs> when did tricks come out? We're gonna go down the fucking rabbit hole on your episode. You're like, I rev- I did not go down the rabbit hole, but on the episode, <laughs> we're gonna tricks- say that tricks came out in the fifties. <laughs> it was 1954. Oh, wow, man, that's one old rabbit. <laughs> yeah. I thought cereal was, like, very new. I'm sorry. Please continue your episode. So, Crusader Rabbit was, like, is considered, widely considered, like, the first animated show for at least American television. Hanna-Barbera has to figure out, like, how do we kind of improve on this and, like, make something new while also, like, keeping the budget very low. Um, So, from this came Rough and Ready, which is a series of shorts about a dog and a cat who were best friends. Mm. Um. And that's that's pretty much it. They're like pretty short. <laughs> One thing that um, so, sorry, just, they were best friends. That was the whole fucking bit. Just really? like Tom and Jerry, they just shot each other. That's the whole fucking. That's the whole bit. I that's don't have it. anything else. They're like these are like really short, and they run like serialized. So like Boomerang mm-hmm. used to air like old rough and ready cartoons like in like half hour blocks, but it would literally mm-hmm. be like every five minutes they would be like last time on rough and ready, and then it would like flash back to the thing you literally just saw, and then they'd be like this time on rough and ready, and then they would like do incredible one more action, and then it'd be like just, just tune in next time for another rough and ready. <laughs> it's like they were very short. Um, um, but one thing that Hanna-Barbera does, and now that I'm going to say this, you're going to notice this every time you watch an old Hanna-Barbera cartoon, is that they would, like, create, like, static images for the bodies and then only mm-hmm. animate the heads. So this is why characters such as Ruff has a collar and Yogi Bear has a tie and Fred huh. Flintstone has a tie and Scooby-Doo has a collar is because huh. then they can just animate above that point and you can't really tell that they're just animating the head are you serious yeah you're gonna notice this literally every time they do this for like everything like why would you give me this knowledge (laughs) i know it's such a cursed such cursed knowledge to know that like this is how they animated but it saved like tons of money because then you don't need to like also ink and paint the body again and again and again on every cell so if you look at old Hanna barbera cells the body ain't gonna be there the body's a different cell (laughs) cell sheet entirely (laughs) that's terrifying and at this point this had not been done before and it saved so much money the huckleberry hound show came after that in 1958 and it would introduce not only huckleberry hound but our good friend yogi the bear (laughs) oh yogi the bear how I always say his name. Yogi the Bear. That's so natural, isn't it? Yogi the Bear. <laughs> People yell at me in my Woodsy Owl video because I say Smokey the Bear. It's just Smokey Bear. And I know that. And I did it on purpose. Anyway. <laughs> Suffer. Suffer. Um, the Huckleberry Hound Show was the first animated program to ever win an Emmy. Huh. So, Hanna-Barbera is flush with power. Yeah, that, they, wow. That, what? I'm trying to imagine the distraughtness people the Emmys hold, right? Because they hate 
people in those positions hate new shit. Like, they absolutely yeah. hate it. Yeah. So it's like, this cartoon one, I'm gonna fucking kill you, Hanna-Barbera. <laughs> Disney's just like, how do we do this? Hmm. <laughs> how did they get to this before us? How did they figure out how to animate for television before us? This is my impression. Well, Disney is still alive at this point. This is my well Disney impression. <laughs> <laughs> so... After the success of the Huckleberry Hound show, Hanna-Barbera mm-hmm. premieres the Flintstones in 1960. Mm-hmm. And, may- <laughs> and maybe mm-hmm. the Flintstones could be their own episode in the future because really they were the first like primetime kind of like adult animated series that would like mm-hmm. eventually spawn like, for better or for worse, The Simpsons, Family Guy, <laughs> Bob's Burgers. And essentially, the Flintstones is maybe just the, the Flintstones was the yeah. Maybe it was the Flintstones was just the honeymooners, but animated and also in prehistoric times. This is a trend that Hanna Barbera would establish. They would just take like a show that existed or a comedian that existed. An example, Yogi Bear, um, who was just named after a comedian, like named and modeled after a comedian, and then right. they would just like adjust it a little bit so they couldn't be sued. So essentially. I'm legal. This is legally yeah. not the Honeymooners. It exactly. should be the new name of the Flintstones. The, like, Honeymooners, they did try to sue Hanna-Barbera, but it was really? removed. Yeah, but it was removed enough that, you know, they couldn't do anything. Amazing. And now, who do people still know to this day? The Flintstones, maybe. Yeah, I don't true. know if kids have any brand recognitions besides, like, Fruity Pebbles for the Flintstones. Hey, guess what? Counts. 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 If they, like... Oh, Fruity Pebbles, and then you show them the Flintstones, like, oh, that's that series, like, counts. Yeah. Bucket. Count it it's like It's like, oh, wait, this is the character on the Fruity Pebbles box. Yeah, you mean exactly. there's, like, a whole series about him? Exactly. Oh, yeah. There's, like, five different series about him, so get ready, kid. <laughs> this was, like, a big success. It was really unpopular with critics. Huh. But it came out at a time when television was like, it was a very bad season for television. Like nothing mm. that came out that year, live action, really did very well. They hated everything. Yeah. Flintstones was just the best of a very awful like set of shows. It, you know, so like your options were like all these shows that got canceled after one season or the Flintstones, which at least kind of like had a, I guess, interesting premise and some good jokes and was mm. animated, which didn't exist at that point. So it was novel. <laughs> mm, got him. Mm-hmm. The the Jetsons, which is the future kind of equivalent of the Flintstones, premiered yeah. in 1961, and it was not successful. Really? <laughs> which is wild because, like, I feel like Jetsons also has pretty significant brand recognition when compared to the Flintstones. But to compare, the Flintstones ran for six seasons, and the Jetsons initially ran for one. <laughs> huh. I see. Growing up, I liked Jetsons better than Flintstones. I didn't like Flintstones. Love the Jetsons movie. I'll say it right here, right now. I fucking love that train wreck of a film. <laughs> what a mess! Yeah, it only ran for twenty four episodes, which is absolutely in its initial run. Um, the series would return in nineteen eighty five. If you mm. can believe it, bringing the total series count up to seventy five. So there were more episodes in 1985, and those are the episodes that were kind of like... So when you see reruns of the Jetsons, you're usually Mm -hmm. catching those episodes from the 80s, which were more Mm. geared towards children at that point. Maybe that's why I like them. 
Because I was comparing, I was just like, okay, so I remember there were, like, some episodes of The Jetsons I didn't like, and I was looking at, like, the, the episode lists and, like, looking at the VHS tapes I had, and I was like, okay, so this is one of the ones from the 60s, and I didn't like this one, and this is the one from the 80s, and I did like this one. So, mm-hmm. um, another series from around this time is Top Cat. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I love Top Cat. Your favorite cat. I don't I'm... know about your favorite cat. You, you, but it's on these... Top five? Yes, top five cats. <laughs> Brenda's top five cats. I do love Top Cat. Um, top Cat premiered in 1962 and ran for 30 episodes before mm-hmm. it was canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have in my notes just says, describe Top Cat. <laughs> yeah, Brenda. So describe Top Cat to me. If you yeah, could. so Top Cat was a series about this group of cats who lived in an alleyway in New York who were constantly scheming to try to get money and mm-hmm. foiling... Uh, the police officer who was trying to catch them the whole time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That that's it. That's the show. It's just Top Cat. <laughs> that's the that's it. That's it. Top Cat comes up with a scheme. He tells the cats we're gonna do this scheme. The cop shows up. He's like, "What are you cats doing?" Top Cat's like, "Definitely not." What scheming. are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely not scheming again. And the cops like, "I'm gonna catch you scheming one of these days." And Top Cat's just like, "Nope, you won't." Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. You've got Top Cat. You've got Benny. Or Benito, depending where you're at. There's like three mm-hmm. other cats, five other mm-hmm. cats. Uh huh. I I I watched this show a lot, so it's really wild to me that it was not considered popular. I will be real. Yeah. I did not realize Top Cat had a show <laughs> until the Jellystone cartoon. When I was looking up, like, oh, who's like when I'd see someone and be like, I know them, but I can't <laughs> remember them. You know, like yeah. I can't remember any of their bits. And I'd look, and it was like Top Cat from the show Top Cat, and I was like, "There's a top." Like I remember Top Cat from like showing up in something else in like some like mashup episode of a thing. Yeah, I feel like it's just got to be a me thing where I watched a lot of Top Cat. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm sure other people that are alive watched Top Cat, but well- <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> so Top Cat was incredibly popular in Mexico specifically. Huh. And in 2011, Anima, Anima Studios, an uh, animation studio based in Mexico, released Top Cat and His Gang, Don Gato y Su Pandilla. And it went on to become one of the highest grossing Mexican-made Shut films up. in history. <laughs> <laughs> and it got, a, it got a sequel prequel in 2015. Wow. It's not good. Oh, okay. But, but it's like, it's you know, there. everyone... Yeah, it, it exists. It got a sequel. It could just be that the dub is bad. I can't could judge be. the original Spanish, but the the dub is just mm. <laughs> oh. So Can you watch it in Spanish with subtitles? Is that an option? I think so. Yeah. Um. For a while, it was just on YouTube, but it's not there anymore. It sounds fine mm. in Spanish to me, but I can't like very specifically judge judge it because I'm not fluent. So I'm like, it right. sounds good to me. Sounds better than the English, that's for sure. <laughs> that's inc- well. I mean, I guess it makes sense. The English is bad if it didn't do good here. Like, what voice actor signing up to do this Top Cat movie that's only going to be in Mexico? Yeah, like it got like a very, very. It got a theatrical release, I think, in Europe, and it got a very, very, very limited release here. Um, but at that point, there was no like we did. There wasn't an existing voice actor for Top Cat, like because Top Cat hasn't shown up in anything for a long time, up until right. 2021's Jellystone. Oh, I love Jellystone. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's so good. So that's just a couple Hanna-Barbera shows. Those are like more popular ones. Like I said, there are so many. 
I literally. I'm so, I like that you stated like, no one's ever seen Top Cat. Those are the more popular hand over here shows everybody. Popular ones in my heart. Hey, if you want something really cute, look up um, Benito Spanish voice because it's very cute. <laughs> Benny the Ball is Top Cat's right hand cat. He's like this cute little little blue cat in. The original American version, he kind of sounds like, hey, Top Cat, what are you doing? Yeah. That's terrible. But in Spanish, he's like, oh, hey, Mr. Top Cat, how are you doing today? <laughs> it's like very so, cute. To further besmirch Top Cat, um, <laughs> I thought the little blue one was like the main character. No. I completely <laughs> in my head had deleted Top Cat and I was like, oh, like I was like that episode started a Jellystone and I saw all of them. I was like, oh, there's the one I know. There he, he is. He must have had a show and that's why I can't remember and I looked up and like, he's the psych and I'm like, well, I just deleted Top Cat from my head completely. <laughs> Benny is definitely the favorite. He's little cute little blue cat. He's cute. He's in- he's a very innocent, very naive little cat. So, right. Whereas Top Cat's just kind of like, he's the cool guy. He's inaccessible. <laughs> yeah, he's the worst. <laughs> All right. He is the Keenan of this Keenan and Kelly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right. Got to move on just because, like, this is a little bit of a bigger topic. I could talk about Top Cat for days. Love that cat. Please watch Jellystone on HBO Max. <laughs> We're going to talk about Scoobert Dubert. In 1969, which we've already oh, have a whole episode about. Please go listen to our Scooby-Doo episode. Now that you're back from the Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> yeah. How was it? Was it good? It was a while ago, so I don't remember. <laughs> that was like this time last year. It was. Wow. I'm sure I... Oh, I remember what I said in that one. Anyway, go moving on. <laughs> Hanna-Barbera releases Scooby-Doo in 1969, and this changes everything and then in my notes it says listen to scooby-doo episode already did that moving on by this time hannah barbara is making two-thirds of all animated shows on television and they just start <laughs> ranking these out so they like you know like walt disney's know, shitting himself somewhere yeah. walt disney's well, at this point he's dead but the walt disney company's just like oh god what do we do this is the disney dark ages this is when fox and the hound comes out black cauldron comes out Disney does so bad during this time, and Hanna-Barbera just, like, devours them. Just, like, (laughs) they own television. Um, Wild. The only company that ever comes close is Filmation. But even then, they die. So (laughs) Hanna-Barbera is making two-thirds of all animated shows on television, and they just start vomiting shows out. (laughs) Scooby-Doo was so popular that this kind of creates this phenomenon where Hanna-Barbera starts making... Shows called Scooby Clones. Oh right, it's this is yes. the weirdest phenomenon to me because they made a thing, and like usually someone makes a thing and you get clones, right? Like mm-hmm. that is the way of life, and yeah. it's so wild. They're like, I know how we stop. I know how we get ahead of competition. We make the clones, and then what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Clone the clone? They're going to look like a fool. <laughs> exactly. But usually, like the company making the thing doesn't create other versions of the no. thing. <laughs> they just let it ride. Yeah, but like. The even weirder thing is, like, they didn't just, like, create, like, one other show that was, like, a little bit similar to Scooby-Doo. They didn't just make Jabberjaw and say, like, okay, this is good. Our whole lineup will be Scooby-Doo and his clothes. Yes. I have a list. Do you want me to list, rapidly list 
Uh, please. Not, not even all the Scooby clones. Just a Jesus. couple. Let's quick let's quick fire. Alright. Josie and the Pussycats, the Funky Phantom, the Amazing Chan and the Chang Clan. Butch Don't Cassidy. look up that one, everybody. You don't look that one up. Um, Speed Buggy, Butch Cassie and the Sundance Kids, Goober and the Ghost Chasers, Inch High, Private Eye, Clue Club. One of my favorites, Jabberjaw, <laughs> Captain Caveman, and the Teen Angels, and the new Shmoo. <laughs> I'm sorry, that last one's fake. What? <laughs> I don't even know what the new Shmoo is. Let me. I I didn't look it up. I'm no. I'm on it. I'm on it. Why is it spelled like that? <laughs> um, it is an American animated television series huh. based on the character from the Lil Abner oh, comic strip. I know. I- oh. I know this. Oh no! <laughs> I've I've seen this, but not Top Cat. Oh, I've seen. Okay, are this? What is wait, this Michael, thing? Wait, wait. I've seen you, this. You, you want to know who worked on this? You want to? This connects to last week. Want to know who fucking worked on this? Who fucking worked? Greg? Did Greg? Did Greg no. work on this? No. J- Michael Reeves. Oh my god. <laughs> I've wait, seen this fellow. Wait, it connects to it connects to gargoyles again because Frank Wuckler's <laughs> voice is in it. Jesus, I bet he's the schmoo. He's that he has, schmoo. He has to be the schmoo, right? He's the schmoo. Oh my yeah. god! I like the okay. They have this little stupid three wheeled car. I love it. It's got three <laughs> wheels. The single wheel is in the back, by the way. <laughs> oh my god! This is an awful design for a car. This is a this. I can't believe I've seen this. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, oh, I've seen this show. Oh, God, I've seen this show. Yeah, so this this, this isn't even all the Scooby clones. Hanna-Barbera is just drunk with power at this point. They're like, we just vomit out as many things as we can and something will stick. In 1972, Hanna-Barbera opens a studio in Australia. And this is during like this kind of like interesting time period where... Studios were opening animation studios in Australia, so Disney did this as well. So, like, the entirety Mm. of um, Rescuers Down Under was animated at their studio in Australia. Mm. And then Disney's Australian studio was also responsible for quite a few of the Disney um, sequel movies, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) 1973, Hanna-Barbera releases Charlotte's Web, which is their first movie released in theaters that is not one of their existing IPs. So it's not Flintstones. It's not Scooby-Doo. It's just about a pig. He doesn't really do anything. The spider does all Charlotte, the work. Charlotte! Charlotte! I, sh- I shirked my ability, my responsibilities against Charlotte. I don't Charlotte! Want them- make I guess the web! Fair, I guess we fair, he's like, I don't want to fucking die. Charlotte, I'm going to lay here and die. Hey, Wilbur. Don't lay there and die. <laughs> Charlotte, where are you going? Well, I had my kids, and I'm gonna die now. Oh, well, I have your kids. No, they're all gonna leave too. What the fuck? You're gonna leave me- Charlotte, they're gonna make me into a pie. Without you- Without you, I'm gonna die. Charlotte! That's some pig. Yep. Oh, wait, what that, a that's film. Babe. That's babe. Is it? Is that babe? That's some pig? I'm pretty sure that's babe. I'm squinting. Right? I think that's some- Is that some pig? Charlotte's- Okay. That'll do, pig. Is that'll babe. do, pig. Oh, that's babe. That's some that's pig. Babe. Is, yeah, some, that's pig some pig is, is Charlotte's, Charlotte's Web. Web. Got to get our pig movies straight. Why are they the same? Because they're <laughs> pig movies, Austin. That's why. They're well, the same. yeah. Well, Wilbur 
can't does Wilbur doesn't do shit, honestly. Charlotte does all of the work. Yes. Her, Charlotte spends her whole fucking life trying to save this pig, yes. and then she dies. Yep. <sighs> well, how depressing. At least Babe does something. He learns how to be a sheepdog. That's true. And then he then he travels to the city. <laughs> directed by the same director as Fury Road. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We gotta watch that for Goes to really the Movies. We gotta do that. I, someone remind us to watch Babe Pig in the City for... Yeah, you have permission to bother us on Twitter for that one thing. Yeah, because I will forget because I immediately forget. I'm come promising up with you I already forgot what we were doing. Yeah. We're not talking about pigs. We're, 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 we're we on? We're on the Hannah Barbera. We're in the... One second. I have phlegm in my throat. It's gone. Anyway, we're on the downfall period of Hannah Barbera. Turns out you can't just make garbage for a long period of time <laughs> and expect people to keep eating it. People are eventually going to realize you're making garbage. Hannah Barbera's last big success is the Smurfs. That's saying a lot. This is like a time period where... I, like, shows based on IPs were really popular, so The Smurfs was already, like, a comic, so, like, Hanna-Barbera just adapted it into a cartoon. The Ewoks cartoon is coming eventually oh, at this God. point. There's, like, shows based, like, Rubik's. We've talked about Rubik's, the show, the band in the Rubik's Cube cartoon was a real band that existed. So, uh, Mork and Mindy had a cartoon... <laughs> Right. Just a lot of that shit starts happening. During this time period, Hanna-Barbera's iron grip upon the animation industry drops from 80% to 20%. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, this is around the time when, like, Filmation's making some stuff. Dick <laughs> Entertainment. Uh, Our good, good old, old friends. Dick has returned Dick. again. Dick is starting to, like, really make, like, an impression on the animation industry. Oh, I put this fun fact in. Uh, in 1989, Hanna Barbera makes a Paddington cartoon. <laughs> just a little, just a little aside, right there. That eventually kinda... all be owned by one. <laughs> yeah. Um, this section of my notes is entitled "Things Get Bad." <laughs> <laughs> In 1992, well, first in 1991, I forgot to write this down in my notes. They released a Jetsons movie that I previously mentioned. I love this movie. This movie did so poorly at the box office. I, oh, I, I thought it was a good movie. It's, yeah, it's, it's good, right? The music fucking slaps. I, I remember enjoying the Jetsons movie. I don't know. What, what is, what's, do I just, am I just, do I like too much? I don't know. I've rewatched it and I'm like, this seems entertaining. I think like maybe some people, it's got like that, that 90s environmental message, you know, mm. the heavy handed 90s environmental message. Mm. But I think that honestly is what makes it so endearing. I don't know. Because, like, the whole premise mm-hmm. of it is, like, it starts out and it, you know, this movie reveal. I'm not going to go through the whole plot of the movie. The movie reveals that, like, the mm-hmm. entirety of planet Earth is just, like, too smog-covered that, like, that's why everyone's houses are, like, up in space. And that they literally mm-hmm. raise their houses up into space every morning to get away from the smog. I don't know why they lower them, but they do. To remind themselves. Yeah. The plot of this movie is that um, George Jetson moves his family to, like, this, like, mining colony that he gets, like, a... Uh, a new job at and then they mm. find out that like there's these like cute little creatures that live in this mine and mm. george has to decide like between his job and like this like future for his family or like doing the right thing and like saving these creatures from this conglomerate 
I think mm-hmm. it's really strong of a movie. Yeah, it sounds strong to me. And in the middle, we'll watch this. We should watch this for ghost movies one time. But in the middle of this, like, there's all these musical numbers that, like, absolutely fucking slap. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Anyway. Wild. <laughs> 1992. In 92? At 92. Oh, so, you said 81 and 82. Oh, sorry. Jetsons came out in 91. Now we're in 92. We're both okay. born at this point. We're here. We're alive. We're alive on the planet Earth. So 92, Hanna-Barbera hires Fred Siebert as their president. Fred Siebert is one of the founders of MTV, as well as one of the people integral integral, integral <laughs> to developing the version of Nickelodeon that we grew up with. He was the person behind creating the cartoon, what a cartoon block? Um, oh, okay. For the new 24-hour cartoon channel, Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. And Hanna-Barbera began producing creator-driven cartoons such as Dexter's Lab, Johnny Bravo, and then eventually the Powerpuff Girls. And these were a game changer. These were immensely successful because, like, during this whole time period, creator-driven cartoons, Nickelodeon's doing it, Cartoon Network gets on it. This is this is big. This is what's popular. So Hanna-Barbera manages to hang on just a little bit more by animating these cartoons. Cartoon Network also helped find um, older Hanna-Barbera cartoons, like new audiences, by showing these old cartoons on their network because they didn't really have all of their own original shows at this point. So they had to find something. And Ted Turner had the rights to this library and was just showing old Looney Tunes cartoons and old Hanna-Barbera cartoons like nonstop. <laughs> just absolutely nonstop. And this is why I know about Hanna-Barbera stuff. <laughs> so it looks like things are going, like, are on the up, going a little bit better. Hanna-Barbera's mm-hmm. animating for Cartoon Network, and it's all going great. And then Hanna-Barbera <laughs> gets absorbed into Warner Brothers Animation in 2001. And it's the end of an era. Hanna-Barbera is effectively dead Gone. As an animation studio, at least. William Hanna would pass away that year from throat cancer, and then Joseph mm. Barbera would follow in 2006. Mm. So, like, during this time, Warner Brothers would continue to create their own content based on Hanna-Barbera's IPs. So, mm. Scooby-Doo is a big example. Like, Scooby-Doo's remained relevant this entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they would struggle to find new audiences for, like, other IPs that they had, such as, like, the Flintstones. And the Jetsons. And they still continue to struggle with this to this very day. Yeah. That's how we've gotten a um, Banana Splits horror movie. (laughs) They just don't know what to do with stuff. This is how we've gotten um, Huckleberry Hound fights racism with Green Lantern. That wasn't (laughs) bad. It's not bad. It's just a little baffling to say that as a sentence. Like, the same as, like, Snagglepuss as, like, this gay television icon Mm. comic it also isn't bad but it's just absolutely wild that it's played completely straight yes (laughs) same with like the flintstones comic which is also it's by mark russell Mm -hmm. it's actually pretty good but it like goes into like kind of like the more darker elements of the concept of the flintstones wherein like uh fred is a war veteran Yeah, technically yeah fred and bernie are war veterans and they are part of like yeah it's like the water buffalo or something. It's like a VFW, essentially. Yeah. And, like, that's from the original cartoon. But, like, this goes into, like, what exactly the war was yeah. and, like, the darker aspects of, like, honestly, like, PTSD and, like, the consequences of, like, what they did as soldiers. And it's like, huh, this is Flintstones, but this is also, like, very compelling and good. Mm-hmm. There's, like, an issue that goes into, like, there's 
the thing with like the Flintstones is that they always have like the little appliances or like little animals mm-hmm. that like do tasks. And there's like an issue where like the little armadillo bowling balls in the closet with like the vacuum cleaner and they're like having a conversation because like they're living breathing creatures yeah. that talk that also have to be used as like a, a household appliances. <laughs> yeah. And it's like this this is kind of like making the medium like a little more serious, but in like a very compelling way where it doesn't feel like it's trying to be edgy. Yeah. It's it's just very interesting, but definitely for like an adult audience. Yeah. DC, who's like putting these comics out, would do this same concept but poorly with like the release of the Jetsons comic mm-hmm. in which uh Rosie is like who's like their robot maid is also their dead grandmother. Yeah. I think is what they did. I didn't, what the fuck? I didn't read that one. I didn't get really into these because I have like there's one part of me that's like it's interesting, and it's another part of me it's like, well, make a new IP. You don't have to like make a kid because there's this thing, right? Of like, kids animation needs to be serious, and I just think it doesn't need to. Like, it could just be a cartoon, and it's fine. Um, yeah. So I like haven't read. Like, I've read some of some of them. I haven't read all of any of them because I'm like, I don't want to help do that where it's like well we have to make it real art yeah it's like the same as like scooby apocalypse where like they made scooby like dark and edgy and Velma was an asshole yeah which is never in her life no i don't ever i don't care if it's an adult thing she's not mean she's not a mean person she's not a mean person and she was like super mean in scooby apocalypse and it's just like you know, there's there's sometimes there's interesting things you can do with, like, a formula. Mm-hmm. I think Flintstones is going to be, like, the example, like, the Flintstones yeah. comic. But, like, if you're just trying to be edgy, for example, the um, Banana Splits horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, I get that it's, like, hard to find relevancy. You have this whole backlog of characters that you don't really know what to do with. Um, mm-hmm. That you, you maybe, like, want to do something with because you own them. You're just sitting there. But... They're just sitting there. So now let's come to 2020 Jellystone gets announced. Yeah, I was like, but they did find something. This is where Brenda's going. Don't ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, after like a very long, awkward period of like just throwing shit at the wall and like hoping it sticks, Mm -hmm. Jellystone is announced. Jellystone is a 2021, supposed to be 2020, cartoon um, headed by C.H. Greenblatt, the creator of Chowder. And, and Harvey Beaks. <laughs> What's that? And it shows. Yeah, it's just so much. The show is very chaotic. I absolutely love it, but it's just so chaotic. Yes. And you could say that, like, it's not Hanna-Barbera humor, which is, like, usually pretty dry. Mm-hmm. Like, it's usually, like, set up a joke, do a little joke. This humor is, like, very physical yes. and, like, very fast. But it's also very modern. Yes. Um. So, like, shows where just, like, Yogi Bear just, like, talks and eats a sandwich isn't going to do well today. No. Um, but now we can animate whatever the fuck we want for television because we're not limited by, like, limited animation. Mm-hmm. We can just do whatever we want. Yeah. So we can, like, have um, Huckleberry Hound fall out of a tree <laughs> and just hit the ground. <laughs> There's an episode where Huckleberry Hound, in order to find the next mayor, sends a plane up into the sky where everyone has to compete in a British bake-off competition yes. and only yes. one person gets to get off yeah, he's, the one he leaves parachute. one parachute and they're like wait <laughs> everyone else is gonna die and Huckleberry Hound's like oh no and he tries to go up and save them 
he he climbs up the tree and he's standing in the tree and he like he's like don't worry i'm coming and he falls out of the tree face first and like hits the god it's just so funny they made yogi bear a doctor oh that's because another thing i like about this show is that like it it goes back to that time of cartoon network where like all the cartoon network shows lived in like all the characters lived in like a city and they would show like their lives in the bumpers this is what Jellystone feels like because it's like a it's the city of Jellystone yes. inhabited by all of these characters from all these different shows and to flesh out this world they all have jobs. Yes. So like Yogi Bear is a fucking surgeon at the hospital. Uh, Magilla Gorilla? Magilla? Yeah. He's like a fashion designer and it's I like his episode cuz they allude to like when he wasn't when he was just like a gorilla with an adventuring team. Yeah. Uh, so some of them also like kind of push on the illusion to like when they had their show as like being their past Mm -hmm. like johnny quest and hachi are maybe married they don't say specifically Mm -hmm. but they own a bowling alley together yeah and it's like johnny quest themed bowling alley it's so good it's so really good it's so good dog is his name doggy daddy yes doggy daddy (laughs) who is voiced by ch greenblatt (laughs) it's like is like obsessively invested in his daughter's life and it's so good. yeah like augie's just like she's just like just cute she's like peppy and like doggy daddy like has a breakdown every time like she has any <laughs> issues oh it's so funny it's so good i need is the second half out yet i need the second half i don't to be out. it's not out yet um i wish it was though like peter potamus is an otaku oh my god it's oh god <laughs> peter po- so Peter Potamus is one of my absolute favorite Hanna-Barbera characters. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I do know why. It's because he was also in Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Ah. Uh. <laughs> uh, and that's where I bonded with him. Because he was like a weirdo on that show, too. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever watched it. His whole bit was every time he was in a scene, he'd walk up to the character and be like, get that thing I sent you. And then he'd look at him <laughs> and be like, what? And he'd be like, what? And he'd walk away. <laughs> And I still, I like do that to people. And I don't think, now you'll know, I don't think anyone knows. So I always want to be like, you get that thing I sent you when I send like an email. <laughs> but I was like, I don't think anyone but me watched and remembered Harvey Birdman. I never watched Harvey Birdman, but you should send me that clip. So next time you do that, I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> but he's so, it's so great. He's such a, he's a fucking weeb. And it's hilarious. Yeah. It is down to my core hilarious it is so this sh- there's so many little things that he does i'm like <laughs> fucking weeb i don't know how he knows this stuff but there's so many references to anime like the first episode of jellystone involves yogi bear eating too much <laughs> and there's an akira explosion oh, yeah just right in that episode there's a lot of like instances there's like a magical girl transformation at some there's a, point there's an anime fight at the end of the, yeah. of the of season one it's so good it's so good um, there's a body pillow at some point yes there's like an episode where the top cat cats get kicked out of their alleyway by a bunch of break dancers who are like very very obscure um hannah barbera characters they dig deep for these characters. I see Screenplot's gotta be in their fucking archives, like, just, like, watching shit. Like, hey, can I go down to the archives? Yeah, yeah I, I guess. And just, like, sits there and watches stuff. He's like, that'd be a good episode. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, we can have this character in there. Like, the, the Chattanooga cats are 
in the Chuck E. Cheese-esque episode. And um, the Biscuit Dogs from... I barely remembered the shows. Like, this Biscuit, Mm -hmm. Medieval Biscuit show. I think it was based around... It was, like, their version of Gummy Bears. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they're, like, the mascots for, like... This, like, food brand in the show. <laughs> the banana splits are back. They are back. But they're, like, mobs. It's, they're the mobsters it's fucking of the hilar- city. It's hilarious to me that they are mobsters. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's absolutely perfect. Like, I'm like, okay, the banana splits would not be serial murders, but they would be mobsters. Absolutely. <laughs> they do threaten to kill some kids. They do. It's it's okay. It's fine. They, they have a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> I love... Jellystone. I think Jellystone is the perfect way to bring back a lot of these shows Absolutely. without, you know, because like Scooby-Doo, everyone knows Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo has been going continuously. But like some of these shows just didn't have a chance of ever being able to, they didn't, they couldn't just sustain their own show to begin with. Like Huckleberry Hound and Yogi Bear came out as a pair. All these shows were like little shorts that were all mashed together mm-hmm. and aired on Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. So like none of these characters really had like, had their own shows to begin with. Um, and this isn't, like, the first time that Hanna-Barbera properties have been, like, mashed together mm-hmm. like this. Because, like, Yo-Yogi came out in 1991. Oh, yeah. And Yo- Yo-Yogi, which was really, like, the death of Hanna-Barbera. Yo-Yogi was about Yogi Bear, who was a kid. Everyone was kids because this is the early 90s. And they um, solved mysteries because this is the early 90s. <laughs> and they hung out in a mall. It was, like, Jellystone Mall or some 90s. shit. It was the early 90s, and everyone had, like, all this, like, radical fashion and skateboards, because it was the early 90s. Very (laughs) 90s. So, like, they'd already tried this kind of thing before, but Jellystone really brings it home, because Jellystone really commits to the bit. I, what I, Brenda, you just reminded me Mm -hmm. what I need from, what I need from Jellystone (laughs) is an episode where Scooby shows up as, like, a fucking superstar. Yes, like Scooby Doo is like the celebrity. Yeah, they're like, oh my god, Scooby Doo's coming back to town. Oh, did you? And like Yogi's like pissed about it. (laughs) Yeah, Yogi like Yogi Yogi and Huckleberry Hound are like, or no, Jabberjaw's pissed about it. Jabberjaw, she's pissed about it. It's like I solved crimes too one time. (laughs) One time, (laughs) all of the Scooby Doo Scooby clones are just pissed. Like all of them. Like Speed Buggy is there. Jabberjaw is there. Goober (laughs) is there. And the ghost catches. <laughs> Shmoo shows up. Shmoo. They have to get the extra licensing to like get Shmoo back, but like you got it. Shmoo has to be. I want here. Scooby Doo to show up, and everyone's like livid, and then Scooby goes missing, and it's like a it's a crime, and all the clones oh. are like, "We'll prove that we're better than Scooby, and we'll find him." <laughs> yes. God. Hey, C.H. Greenblatt, you listening? Hey, C- you I know, I know, I know you listen to any time someone mentions Hanna-Barbera because that's how you make the yeah. show. I know you have an AI that scans all of the internet for mention of Hanna-Barbera. <laughs> this is my verbal consent that you can use that premise without having to pay me. You do have to pay but me. But I would maybe I'm like a credit. Gonna, I'm, I'm, you have to pay me. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> yeah. Hey Austin, you don't have to but pay. I'll take just give- Brenda's cut and then I'll Venmo her. Don't she's too humble. Okay, don't worry. Don't <laughs> give me a credit. <laughs> Ch Greenblatt, hit me up. We'll have a we'll have a combo. We'll talk about chowder. We'll Man, I'll give you chowder. my ideas for a Top Cat standalone series. <laughs> God, I love Choo Choo. I want him to get approval to have Chowder show up in Jellystone. Please, you wouldn't even be able to tell that he doesn't you fit do it, in. It looks the same. <laughs> 
Oh, oh my god, this this is impossible. This can't happen. But it would be so funny if, like, at some point, Jellystone had, like, some, they mentioned, like, going over to, like, the old Cartoon Network city. Oh, god. Because, like, shit like Johnny Bravo and uh, Samurai Jack and, like, Powerpuff Girls, mm-hmm. those are also technically Hanna-Barbera properties, but they just live in their own city off to the side. Oh, my God. It's all under the oh Warner Brothers God. umbrella. Listen, this could happen. Listen. They could go to the Cartoon Network city. <laughs> movie episode. Look, while we're movie, at it. <laughs> movie episode. Movie where they, the Jellystone movie is they go to the Cartoon Network. Hey, speaking of, like, Cartoon Network, you're not doing anything with Johnny Bravo. You're not doing anything with Dexter's Lab. Like, mm-hmm. you could... You could let C.H. Greenblatt do it to... I, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad at all. I think C.H. Greenblatt, Johnny Bravo would be fucking hilarious. There's just like... There's just as much Cartoon Network shit that they don't do anything with anymore. Exactly. And I think like incorporating it into like the Jellystone universe would be like really fun. C.H. Greenblatt's uh. cinematic universe win. But I also, honestly, just because we have just, like, a little bit of time, maybe this is a shorter episode, maybe I was freaking out because it was a bigger topic and I just went for it. You, you talked um, very fast, not in a bad, I need to say, not in a bad way. You were you were <laughs> clearly just... very worried about our time constraints and the lives that we have outside I, of yeah. the show, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you, too. This podcast is full of love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, do you remember Cartoon Network Fusion Fall? Because yes, like, there's no time course. when we're going to get to talk about this. So, Fusion Fall was a Cartoon Network MMO in which yeah. all of the Cartoon Networks kind of existed in the pseudo anime crossover universe. Yeah. It was the it was the same idea as like the bumpers. Yeah, exactly. But it was like super anime. Like there's like anime Dexter, yeah. Dexter's Lab, which anime Dexter's um, ha- has happened in Dexter's Lab. <laughs> Exactly. So it wasn't too much of a stretch. But anyway, it was this big MMO like kind of universe. I maybe maybe this is just me being nostalgic and selfish mm. and weird. But I would like to see a show based on that. Mm. I think it'd be really fun. I think it, I think it could be really fun. I mean, they've Cartoon Network's let other people do it, right? OKKO did it with the uh, I forget the name of the episode that did like the big cartoon episode crossover. Yeah, that- and then like OKKO had like. The, the ghosts from Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, I... And also Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he... Ian Jones Cordy said, like, he wanted to create, like, make in canon that the Cartoon Network universe is a shared multiverse. And they let yes. him do it. And so, so... It's canon. So I think really, like, someone's... C.H. Greenblatt would be a great showrunner. I also think if they got um, Man of Action to stop being Angie... <laughs> With them, <laughs> good luck. The man of action would be a good show. Good, good luck with that one. I know they're working on Sonic, but like maybe I'm just very biased because I really like some stuff they put out, and I think they're great at action cartoons. But Greg Wiseman, also a good choice, bringing good it back to last week. Um, who else would be really good? I don't, I don't know at the moment, but. It would just be really fun, and you'd get, like, older people to come watch mm. it, and then, like, younger kids could have a fun time with all these crossover characters, too. Listen, it would just be HBO Max fun. is right there. Right there. To, for you to pump out that kind of content. Like, Jellystone's on HBO Max because they know, like, we want to watch it. They're like, a kid's not going to watch this. Yeah, Jellystone was originally not supposed to air on Cartoon Network, but it was so popular on HBO Max that not only did it get greenlit for a second season, it's going to be on Cartoon Network. Yeah. And they created original animation to advertise it on Cartoon Network. Amazing. Which, wild. So that's awesome. It's like, I think you have something here. People love crossovers. 
But we why eat, do you think we, the Marvel Universe eat that shit up? Marvel's yum, making yum, a yum, fucking yum, yum, yum. Hawkeye holiday special. <laughs> like, that is so and guess what? I'm gonna ready. I'm gonna watch it. Of course, like wild that they can get me to watch Hawkeye. Yeah, I was like, I I'm hate not, Jeremy I, Renner. They released the trailer forever ago, and I could not be bothered to wait to spend a minute of my time to watch the pro, like the pre-trailer or whatever they call that shit. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be bothered. And now they're. Yeah, and now they're like, oh, actually, it's a Christmas thing. And I'm like, fuck. fuck I'm like, sign I'm like me that sounds up. so fucking funny. Yeah, sign me up. I love holiday shit. And the whole trailer is like, he just wanted to take the kids to New York for the, for the holiday. And now he's getting yeah. shot. And I'm like, God, that's so stupid. I love I'm like, if Hawkeye has to have a stupid farmhouse, <laughs> it looks so, might as well be like this. Good, and I'm so mad because they found the perfect thing. Like, Hawkeye's just a tired dude with a bow. Like, I think what it is, they finally stopped trying to sell me on Hawkeye being a badass. Yeah, because he's not. Like, Endgame had, like, what was his, like, edgy persona? It was like, Oh, Ronin. He's got a dumb. Yeah, yeah they, have, that they shit. have Ronin show You're up. He's, like, edgy. You're a white guy. Yeah. <laughs> And the, people are super excited because that's like a thing he's done in comics where he was the Ronin and everyone's like, oh, that's going to be so fucking cool. I'm like, no, if you look back at it, the Ronin's really problematic. And also the head of Marvel Comics pretended he was a Japanese guy. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we should like rewrite this. Jeremy Renner speaking Japanese in the beginning of Endgame is just Painful. like. Painful. So painful. I'm like, oh my God. They, You're saying the words, but you, wrong. You can feel that someone's off camera, like saying each word, word for word, and he's still like painfully he's, bad at it. He's got like an earpiece, and they're like saying, "Like, okay, Jeremy, we're gonna say it. Can you say? Can you say ore? Can you just ore ore? Oh God! <laughs> okay, Jeremy, that's good job. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's an improvement. It's painful, and I'm like, like comic Hawkeye badass you they couldn't mm-hmm. sell me on I'm, it's like one of those things like a guy with a bow does not translate too badass in a live action format well like even hawkeye's like own series like his own comic series from 2012 mm, yeah that sounds right hmm. yeah you know the one the big the big, yeah, popular, the big popular david one. david aha uh matt fraction run on hawkeye He's a mess. He's a, the he's whole a tired that, guy with a bow. He's a tired guy. He's like, he can't get any coffee. He like gets attacked in his hotel room and he's just like fucking nude and just jumps across with a boner. It's at one point he rescues a dog. Yeah. It, and that seems like what they're going to do for the show. And I'm like, yeah, that's all. That's all. Hockey. He's just a fucking dude who he's like, I got to impress these kids because they don't care that I'm a superhero. It's like his own kids don't care that he's a superhero. They're like, oh, like, can you, are you like Thor? You throw like lightning bolts like a god. And he, like, Hawkeye's just like, oh, I, I just have arrows. Listen, there's a fucking fucking clip in the trailer, Brenda. I don't know if you watched it. Where they're getting away from, where him and Kate Bishop, like, like Hawkeye and Hawkeye are getting away from bad guys. And he's like, I'm out of normal arrows. Here's one of the trick arrows. And she shoots it and it's like an exploding arrow. And she's she <laughs> looks back and she's like, "Do you have any arrows cooler than that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, because he's a fucking loser, everybody." <laughs> he's like, 
the premise is he takes his kids to New York to see a show, and the show is they want to see the play that is the recreation of Avengers 1. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, he could be telling them the story, and they're like, no, Dad, you tell it bad. (laughs) (laughs) We want the the musical version of it. (laughs) Oh my god. I don't know how we got to this, but... I don't either, but we do have to be going. We do have to be going. Uh, Brenda, thanks so much for bringing this topic. Yeah. It was great. It was lovely. It was you're lovely, and everyone. Oh, thank you. Go watch Jellystone. Go watch Jellystone. It's fun. Or go watch Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase. Go don't don't <laughs> don't watch Scoob. Don't watch Scoob. No. Watch Not Scoob. S- watch Happy Halloween Scooby Doo because it's Halloween time. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so Please good. go listen to our episode about Happy Halloween Scooby Doo. It features gay uh, icon Elvira. Yeah, who we didn't know was gay. Also, I didn't know Elvira's real name, no. so I think in that episode, I think in that episode, I say that Elvira is not played by herself, and wow, I'm a dumbass, so just know I already know I'm a dumbass, and so don't tell me. I didn't know her real name. <laughs> when the news came out, I'm glad that all the headlines were like, what real name I've forgotten? Elvira! And I'm like, oh, okay. Also, <laughs> uh, her, her squad that does like, her makeup and stuff for that are on point, because she just, she's- when she's in street clothes, there's no way in a hundred years I'd be like, that's Elvira ever in my whole life. Yeah, Her life exactly. outside of Elvira must be so quiet because there's yeah, not a fucking else. way anyone notices her. <laughs> like any like beauty YouTuber wishes yeah. they have like that. Like <laughs> has a different body. And I'm like, it, make, it makes sense. Of course, you have to like cinch your waist and be in a corset. Bodies don't look like that. But, yeah. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> A person who's like a natural redhead when you like remove the red hair, just totally different. Yeah, it's, it's like who are yeah, you? Yeah, it's fucking wild. Anyway, uh, yes. everyone have a lovely time, Brenda. This was great. Thank you. This yes, thank you. Next week we go to the movies. We do. What will we watch? That's a good question. We don't quite know. <laughs> well, you yeah. Text about it. <laughs> maybe we'll do a poll. But I do want to watch Tower of Terror. Maybe. <laughs> it's gonna be hocus pocus. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Garay Negron, and you can find their music on Bandcamp at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was voiced by Cafe 3G. You can find him under that handle on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is a part of the Nacellecast Podcast Network. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter. The show is edited and produced every week by the amazing host Brenda. And as a reminder, please, please, please... If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star review. Helps the show out a lot. Tell a friend about the show. And until next time, historians, see ya.